It was a wet, wild and wacky Saturday afternoon at Suncorp Stadium and with the Raw taking all three points, we wouldn't have it any other way. The Brisbane Football Review starts right now. Yes, hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here on this very, very hot and uncomfortable Tuesday evening here in Brisbane. But, well, Adam, this is actually your last show before you're about to complete a temporary loan move to Europe, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, that time of year again where I jet off, so yeah, no, it's uh, looking forward for a big one to, to go away on. You know you don't have to avoid me around Super Bowl time this year, right? It's a great year this time. Looking forward to this year's Super Bowl. Anyway, did that paperwork go through to approve that? emergency loan. Yes, it did, but don't worry, we've been able to bring in a couple of uh, spare co-hosts and whatnot over the next few weeks, but yes, Adam, you're leaving Brisbane with the Raw's A-League side saluting a 1-0 win over Wellington Phoenix, ending what was a pretty hot streak for the Kiwi Club. Ah, yes, uh, Raw are still undefeated this decade, and look, to be honest, I'm hoping that they will be still undefeated when I get back from Europe, which is a nice time. A month's time, that might be a little bit ambitious, but hopefully this can can go a little bit longer. Now, I want to ask you a question. Because you were on the sidelines Saturday, how uncomfortable was it down there? Because it did seem really uncomfortable. It was thick on the sideline in the first half, and then, I know some people hate this word, but, well, from what I saw, very, very moist, because I think I spent about 30 seconds on uh, in my seat in the second half, most of which was down at the members' bar, which was luckily dry. The rain didn't really help the members' side of the grandstand at Suncorp on Saturday, did it? Because it's coming in from the east, so yeah, most of the crowd did get drenched, yeah. Yeah, the wind was just blowing, so I'm back in about row 22, and for the most part, like it, it was fine uh, week on week, but when you just get that wind coming right in, it's not pleasant, so I managed to get down there and get a beer before, the things, got, before things got a little bit too hectic. Still did see the game, though, but what was really distracting, I should just point out right now, what was really distracting was the fact that there's about a second and a half delay between the crowd out there and the in-stadium TV feed, so you could hear them go up and yelling and whatnot just before something was about to happen on screen. So it was a little bit off-putting, but I may do. Oh, look, we put up with that in the press box every week. It's about a 10-second delay on those televisions <laughs> with the um, commentary from the Fox. But Yes, that's right. All right, uh, before we get into it, we should uh, give a couple of plugs as well. Email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com if you've got any comments, questions queries, inquiries about who we're bringing in to replace Adam over the next couple of weeks. Applications, even. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't send in unsolicited applications. <laughs> uh, then also Facebook, The Raw Review, Twitter, at BNE Football. Now, we're still working with yeah. Mr. Zuckerberg on the uh, Facebook name after three and a half years. We think that might finally change. Uh, podcast, you're listening to us on uh, Wooshka, iTunes, 
uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and probably something else. And you might be listening to us on Football Nation Radio. It is brave of Adam to go. I mean, there's no guarantee once you leave the side, you get back in. It's If you perform, you stay in the side, right, James? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the question, why am I still here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I well, think... You're a, you're a most kept... Uh... Oh, so it's, it's Actually, an experience yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay, so it's just a purely experience thing. That's all I'm bringing. Okay. Yeah. And also, to be honest, you kind of just came with the show. So. <laughs> yeah. you, you and the Facebook page just kind of came with the show. So yeah, it's true. You, you kind of uh, legacied in. Yeah. Anyway, 69th minute goal from Dylan Wenzel Halls. Make your own jokes off air. It was, uh, quite frankly, the best substitution Robbie Fowler's made all season. Look, it came from... You know, pretty much from nothing, and that's and that's I guess you know, there's going to be a lot of people say, oh, why didn't Dylan Wenzel Hall start every week and all that? Look, uh, that it was just a great opportunity. It was a great um, flick through. I think it was by Brad Inman. I think uh, or Scott McDonald. Yeah, it was one or two. I didn't. I can't remember. I haven't actually seen the. I replay, think it was. But... Im- I think it was um, O'Shea with the first ball and Inman with the flick on to him. But it did show the passion that Dylan Wenzel Hall brings to the side because he, when he came on. He was running around like a lunatic for that two minutes and then did get the goal. He took it beautifully. Celebrated in the corner, which we'll talk about later, but he was also then the first player back over the halfway line ready to go. He was really keen for it and keen to prove a point and send a message to Robbie Fowler, give me more playing time because he hasn't played for about a month and he certainly did that on Saturday afternoon. He was really impressive when he came on in his cameo. Well, look, that is one thing that I have been kind of critical of uh, Dylan about over the last few weeks is the fact that he does run around like a lunatic no matter what. But in that point, it actually did really uh, pay pay dividends for him. And I've got to admit, that touch that he had yeah. to get by the defender and yeah. set up the strike, that was what you want from your striker. That, that's just pure confidence. That's pure, you know, just, I wouldn't say skill because you never know. And those conditions have been tough. But you know what? That's the confidence he has. It worked for him. He slotted it past Stefan Marinovic. And you now the rest is history. You know, and that's, that's what you and that's what you want. And it just begs the question whether, you know, maybe for... for Going forward, is Dylan's best position being that you know, that super sub, being that spark off the bench, or is he basically saying, you know what, this is what I can do from minute one to minute ninety, pick me to start. So it's that's gonna be an interesting sort of you know you know byplay going forward. So what is his best role? Is he a super sub, or is he a starter that showed just a bit of magic that end up being the game decider? I think for the, at least the short to medium term, that super sub role where you come on and change a game, that can absolutely be his role because you look at. Some of the forwards are all brought in. He's probably not at the top of that pecking order right now to start. But he can absolutely come on off the bench and make an impact like that. And you mentioned the way he beat the defender. That wasn't just a regular league defender. That was Stephen Taylor. who mm. played in the Premier League. I think played for England, did he? It was, I was Let's play- say he did because it makes it sound more It impressive. does. But no, this is a Premier League experienced player. Like, absolutely. And this is a, probably one of the better defenders in the league. And he turned him quite easily. So it was a, it was a really terrific bit of skill from him. Definitely. All right, well, let's start off by hearing about the, as Scott called him, lunatic, uh, post-game in uh, speaking to Fox Sports. Yeah, look, um, I know Stephen Taylor's up my yeah, my backside. Um, you know, I, I was just lucky to, to be there to finish. You know, I didn't know much about it, to be fair. It was just more instinct than anything. Uh, what was Robbie's instructions when you went on to play alongside Scotty McDonald? Maybe make it a bit difficult for the centre-backs? Yeah, for me, I think we noticed that, obviously, their defenders aren't so mobile, so um, there was no forward runs. My... Uh, my instructions were to come on, take forward runs, be lively, um, and, and try and get the winner. Well, you did. Congratulations. Do you think you've uh, done enough to win yourself a start next week? Hopefully. I know, obviously, the last few weeks haven't been easy for me, um, you know, being in our new sub. But, you know, I've been working hard every single day. I'm doing my extras, and that's a, that's a case of those there. All right. So thanks to Fox for that audio. Now let's hear what Robbie Fowler had to say about his striker after the game. 
Yeah, look, I think with Dylan, he's been unfortunate because I, I think, um, you know, I think there's been players ahead of him. Uh, but when you're obviously making subs uh, and you want them to come on, you want them to have uh, the right reaction. Uh, I think Dylan was, was very good when he came on, scored a goal, you know, creating a, another a real good goal scoring opportunity, which Brad Emmons should have scored. Uh, Scott McDonald came on as well and, and sort of added to what we're, you know, what we know he can do uh, and the way we can play. So, um, you know, I think the, the effort from our lads, especially the second half, was outstanding. Um, and obviously Dylan getting his goal was, uh, was brilliant. All right, so that was obviously a very impressed uh, Robbie Fowle with their, uh, talking after the game there, but probably one of the most impressive parts to come out of that goal as well was actually the photography uh, of the celebration afterwards. And we've got two people to credit. We've got Paul Smith and Riley Baston. Yes, that same Riley Baston from the W League side. She was uh, shooting the game as well, and they got two phenomenal shots of that goal celebration with Dylan and Jack Hingett, who was captain on the day. Before we talk about the actual photos, I can tell you in the media box... The cl- Aaron, the club's media manager, was really, really happy that Dylan celebrated in that corner because he knew the photographers were down there. And look, the results of the photos, <laughs> but they were brilliant photos, weren't they? I mean, you can see the the passion that Dylan and Jack Hingett, to be fair, show had in that game because that, the release of emotion that you could see in that photo was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, okay, I think yeah, that photo, um, I think it'll be an iconic image. It's gonna you'll see in the marketing for years to come. I think it's that it's that good a photo. I think it just shows encapsulates the passion. You know, no, you know, Dylan Winter Halls, but also Jack Hinger, who's you know a long time club man. And I think yeah, that's the sort of image that you want to plaster. You know, for your membership, you know, your marketing, and just in general, just celebrating football. Yeah, definitely, and just as well, like the two guys that actually got into that photo, two players that have been out of the team for different reasons, and. You know, they both worked their way back into it, and it is, I suppose, a good summary of how the raw season is going so far. It's You can tell how much the club means to both those individuals. You're right, they've both been through some difficult times of late for different reasons you point out, and yeah, it's absolutely like what Adam said. That's the sort of photo that you want to use to promote the club. I mean, they've been using the grand final images of the full stadium and all the rest of it, but I think that is a, that's a brilliant photo. That it's just that encapsulates what the club's about. Iconic in terms of, is a word I use. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if that's not one of the best three photos we're going to see all season in the A-League, I don't know what's going to top it. Oh, look, Paul Smith's taken some brilliant photos down the years, but that would probably be number one in terms of what he's taken. Yep, so Paul, he may or may not be listening to this show. Well done. And Riley as well, because yep. if you check out uh, her Instagram as well, she's got her version of that photo as well, and oh, it's just as good. We should, we should mention Riley Bayston's uh a massive photography family. She does it as a side business or a passion, so it's not something she was just doing on a day. No, it's a it's a big interest of hers, and it's something she's been doing for a while. Given I was the, a fan of her for some reason. <laughs> and given that uh, the, the uh, Raw women have got a couple of weeks off, um, I guess we'll not see her around the traps taking more photos. You never know. All right. That was the goal. That was a photo. Probably should talk about the rest of the game as well, because well, it What was... else happened? <laughs> well, it was one of those weird sort of games. So we'll, we'll go right back to the start, and Brad Man was uh, named as a starter, and Raman Akbari came into midfield possibly to provide a little bit more physicality because he was really throwing himself around early on. I think he was trying to almost nullify Wellington in a way. He put the extra midfielder in, a bit more solid. They knew it was going to be a hot day. They wanted to make sure the midfield wasn't going to be overrun. And I did think Ramat was really good in the game. But I think I think Brady, you get more from Bradman as well when he's in that front there. And also Jay O'Shea moved forward. So O'Shea moved forward to that number 10 role that Inman was playing. And Inman moved into the front third. And I think that helps both of them get the best of themselves. And I think that was the plan to get... The best of them on the ball, and also to try and win the midfield battle against Wellington on a hot day. And you will say as well, well, at least what I noticed, uh, was a case of Mirza Muradovic was up front basically just yeah. getting monstered by Luke Devere yeah. and Stephen Taylor, which, nothing wrong with that. But he uh, that also kind of 
saw Inman and O'Shea sort of playing as yeah. those twin number 10s in behind the striker. It did. It seemed like, once again, a different sort of formation where at times it looked like that Mirzmaravich was um, was isolated. And I think uh, we uh, Scott and I touched on it on the uh, post-game show. I don't think uh, that would be one of Merz's more memorable games. But, look, I don't think that the way the team the team was shaped and all that, I don't think it helped him as well. So I wouldn't be going, I wouldn't be sort of saying, oh, you know what, that's, that's him done for a season. I think he's going to learn a valuable lesson. But I think, yeah, it's not going to be one that he would remember too fondly. If you want to look at the positives to that, he went out and did the job he was asked to do. He didn't try and take over the game. He didn't try and, you know, play the hero. He went out and occupied Stephen Taylor and tried to create a little bit more space. Now, it, it was didn't... a learning curve for him, though, wasn't it? Up against a really top-class centre-back, it was... He's done really well in his first two games, but that was a bit of a learning curve moment for him. And it's, again, he'll still be in and around the squad playing this yeah. season, but that was a learning curve moment for him. Absolutely. And also, following up on that, you kind of thought, like, he was kind of put in a position where he was supposed to be, I suppose, the Robin and let someone else be the Batman there. Yeah. And also, just in general, you know, he's young. He's going to have those yeah. games. Oh, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's why, again, I again say, look, you know, don't t- treat that performance in isolation you know he's going to have some good days he's going to have some uh, not so good days and that's that's the life of a striker basically you want more good than bad days but um, yeah look at the end of the day he's young um, and look you got very, two very experienced defenders and Stephen Taylor and Luke Devere that really much covered him off um, but like I said that with that it also, also created a few opportunities for others that being said though it didn't work that well because he was quite isolated with the Raw playing very deep but the one thing that really did bug me, and I don't know if this was tactical or just, you know, Corey Brown readjusting to his new old home, but uh, I noticed he was playing very narrow, and that allowed Payne so much space down that right flank in the first half. He almost had a third of the field to himself. I think that is definitely down to Corey Brown trying to get used to a new system, a new coach, and everything else, because he only had, I think, one training session Friday morning, and if you think about the session before the game, it's not really going to be... It's a walkthrough. It's a walkthrough, basically. So it's a, he's just got here. He's done his probably done his medical the night before. Now he's trying to learn a new system. I know he's probably played the role before, but it's different coaches play different positions in different ways. And I think, I think what you're referring to of um, being narrow and allowing pain width is down to that. And also then, but then the question is, if he was playing narrow on instruction, then who was supposed to be tracking pain back? Well, there was no other wide players in the side, so that's a good question. Or, or was it just a case of well? Payne coming down the right flank doesn't really worry them too much. I think it's a bit of both. I think, um, yeah, look, I think it's going to take Corey Brown some time to sort of, you know, to, to uh, play the way that, you know, Robbie Fowler wants to play and sort of in just in general side. But, uh, look, it was, a, it was a decent performance, uh, uh, Corey Brown, considering, you know, what, you know, given his sort of build-up, that, you know, he was a, he was a Melbourne Victory player on on uh, on Thursday, he's a Brisbane Raw player again on Friday, and then to come out on Saturday and start, I think I thought it was a, it was a decent effort. Absolutely, it was. Yep. All right. Uh, Scott McDonald also came off the bench for a brief cameo at the end. I think that was really all we were expecting from him. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Corey Brown having one session. Scott McDonald didn't have any. He didn't get here till Friday afternoon, and then he played Saturday afternoon, what, half an hour off the bench? Roughly, I think a bit more there than that, because he replaced Mirza. So I think he, he looked lively. He was involved. He was, I said, lively, but he, more, there's more to come from him when he gets much more acclimated with the... Can, with the way the Royal want to play. I think the conditions probably shocked him as well, to be fair. You come from Melbourne, the weather down there, and you get up here to hot, humid, rainy Brisbane, it's yeah, a bit of a difference. Definitely, and that second-half storm would have, would have uh, knocked a few of the players around as well. I think it also would have made them happier to, to a certain extent, though, because it would have been so humid running around out there, the rain might have almost been a, a welcome relief in a way. Definitely, and then uh, running through to the end, Jamie Young, 
where would the Raw be without him? Again. Look, yeah, he's... Uh, Jamie Young's Jamie Young. I think we we're actually starting at Eustort now where um, we almost expect him to to uh, you know save, save the game in another clean sheet, which I think would make him very, very happy. Yeah, Jamie Young had a couple of really important saves in this game. It's also important to point out Wellington had some really good chances in the first half. They hit the crossbar twice. I think one of them was from... Was it um, Soterio? I forget the second one. But I think uh, it might Stephen have been... Taylor. Taylor. So, but look, they really, they really probably should have been at least one goal to the good at halftime with the chances that they had. That's, again, that's wasteful finishing. We've seen it before with plenty of teams. We'll see it again. If you don't take your chances, no, that that's what my... what happens in the second half can happen to you. But they were they were dominant in the first half, Wellington. And that was my summary from um, from the post-game show, was that, look, Wellington probably, by rights, should have been, should have the game wrapped up at halftime with the amount of chances they had. They didn't. Raw scored one goal. That's how football rolls at the moment. So, look, Wellington can... Yeah, they look. They can rue their opportunity. They dropped three points, and yeah, absolutely they should have. But you know what? Let's not take away that they have been probably the second highest side in the league. So I think you know, the different conditions, they finally got caught out not taking their chances. So look, they'll they'll regroup. They'll they'll be fine. But look, this is a big win for Raw. Big three points, and puts them right on the the uh, st- step of the finals. Quick story from uh, Saturday afternoon with that Soterio chance in the first half as well. There were two overwhelming thoughts um, from myself and the people sitting around in the stand. Firstly, well, if you're going to let any of the Wellington Phoenix players shoot, it's probably Soterio. Yeah, he's not the most lethal, is he? He's a bit like Cam Sober. Is he ever going to score a goal? And the, Well, funnily enough, the other thought is Soterio would be perfect for Aussie rules, because there he gets a point just for going close. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually funny. It's actually, we from the position he shot from, that was pretty much the same spot that Nathaniel Atkinson did score his goal last week, so... Look, uh, it may be a bit of a problem going forward, you know, Raw sort of backing off a little bit and letting people shoot from that, but then again, you know what, they've got to be good enough to score them. To be fair, Jamie Young doesn't let many in from that sort of range anyway, so if they're going to shoot from that distance, it's going to have to be a cracking strike to beat him. And the one point is, yeah, okay, we know the Raw are playing and winning ugly at the moment, or at least getting points ugly, but the bottom line is, they're getting points. Obviously, and I'll probably touch on this a little bit more in segment four, but at some point we're going to start to want to see a performance, not just a result. But right now, this is the sort of stuff that they need just to get the momentum going. And I think, above all else, like getting that 1-0 win, it definitely wasn't pretty, but it was effective. And that's something that they can work on as players and try and get that confidence going forward. Yeah, look, it wasn't the most pretty performance, was it? But I, I really struggle to get a read on this team. Every time I think that they're coming into a good run of form, they have a bad performance, when I think that maybe things are going wrong, they get a, they get a result like they did on Saturday. So I mean, it's very difficult to get a read on this team, I think. What you're referring to, James, is consistency. We just need to see some consistency from this side. I don't know they are four games unbeaten now, so maybe we're starting to see it. But if they can bring consistency to, as Adam's point earlier, they're what one point out of the finals. Something like they're, that. They're still in the picture to at least make the finals, and then who knows if they can go on from there. But I think consistency for the second half of the year is going to have to be the key to get there. And as we've said all along, outside of Sydney, Perth, and I guess that's really Wellington it. until the weekend. And yeah. Melbourne City until last weekend, or before earlier. Well, City is City. They, just, yeah. they can throw yeah. in ridiculous performance whenever they feel like it. Exactly. But my point is, there's not a lot of consistency going on right now. So, look, you might not be doing it, you know, the prettiest, most stylish way. You're not going to make the plays of the week or whatever. But at this point, just get results and try and get on the front foot. When you've got one club that's 11 points clear at the top of the ladder, it does suggest the rest of the league is not... Aren't showing consistency, so that's that's the, the team that the teams that actually can string 
you know, some, you know, unbeaten runs together are going to be the ones that all of a sudden are going to be fighting out for the rest of those places. Raw are four games unbeaten. So, look, if that continues to five, six, seven games, look, all of a sudden they're going to be entrenched in the top six. So, look, at the moment, results should be key. Performance, look, I agree. Momentum, yeah. momentum then breeds confidence, breeds, yeah. you know, that performance. But at the moment, I think, especially on the road, I think definitely if they, if you can get a 1-0 win on the road, you know what, that's still three points Either way, Scott. Final thought. I was uh, on. The, you mentioned that uh, Sydney eleven points. Cause it's a bit like another league in England, which mm. I don't want to talk about. There's yeah. one team that's showing tremendous consistency, and then there's nineteen others over there who are prone to a slip up every other week. And it's the same in the A League, really. Sydney are really, really consistent. Everybody else is not. And if anyone's going to change them this year, they're going to have to be more consistent than they've been in the first half of the year. Definitely. All right. Well. We're going to stay consistent and finish the first segment around the time we normally do. And we'll be back after this to talk some W League. This is Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here and uh, very pleased that you're joining us whatever time of day and whatever day of the week you're choosing to listen to us. Maybe it's on Football Nation Radio. Maybe it's through a podcast player. Maybe it's, I don't know, you're just sitting outside here listening to us talk. Well, oh, maybe you've got this room bugged. You never know. Yes, that's right. Hi, Eddie Maguire. Anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the W League next. And, well, it's going to be a bit rough. We're not going to have as much to talk about because it was a nil-nil draw with Sydney FC on Thursday night. So, first of all, that was five days ago and you know me, senile, and also it wasn't a game of great heights, was it? Oh, look, it was a game where neither team, I think, could afford to lose. I think both had, there was plenty at stake, you know, for them if there was a loss. So, uh, look, I think the, the conditions didn't help as well, uh, very rainy conditions, and unfortunately, women's football sometimes, if it's not pristine conditions, it's going to be very tough to get a result unless, especially if both teams are playing at a very, very high stand, which, look, it, it was. Like I said, these are two of the better teams in the league, and uh, and look at the end of the day, end up in a stalemate, but not for lack of trying. I'll put, put that way. Yeah, I think they cancelled each other out. Both sides had some good chances. It's two really good sides, as we know. They got I think it was at least ten Matildas on show again on on Thursday night. So it was a high quality like two teams of players, and there were chances of both sides. And I think just the two defences of both sides are really impressive. Both keepers made some pretty good saves. I think Mackenzie Arnold had a couple of nervy moments coming off of her line, but I mm. made a couple of good saves to make up for it. But but it's two really good sides, and it's, for the Raw to come away with four points out of six away to the two Sydney sides within four or five days, I think if you'd offered that to Jake Goodship going into that running process, yeah, I'll take that. Before you could finish the sentence, I think he would have taken yeah. that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was it was actually the way you'd say it. Like, it was a very even game that really, like, the game breakers cancel each other out, and it might have just been one short on uh, either side, which we will touch on a little bit later. But, yeah, the way I saw it, it was just a case of two sides, like... They both looked quite heavy-legged, and maybe it was just a byproduct of having a ridiculously hot summer as well, and just a season getting to the point of maybe wearing down a little bit. Look, and also as well, Sydney Sydney were off a four-day turnaround, Raw were off a five-day turnaround. In heavy conditions, that was always going to be a major uh, part as well. So, look, I'm not surprised in a way, to be to be honest. Um, and look, it would have taken a bit of magic to, to break the deadlock. It didn't come. Both teams cancelled each other out. They'll draw a point each, you know, they move on. Yeah, particularly in Brisbane's case, they've got some of the younger players on the side, a four or five day turnaround in the wet conditions. It would have been, it was really difficult for them. And you could see, as well as they played in the first half, like the Holly Palmer, Leah Davidson, they did fatigue a bit in the second half. 
Because, yeah, running on, like, in, on wet grass on a muggy night, even though it's raining, it's not it's not pleasant. And you could kind of see that as well a little bit with some heavy touches, maybe some slow reactions, and just, yeah, crosses that didn't quite go the way that they were supposed to. Absolutely. It'd be in fairness, still went the chances. I think Remy Seamson could have had two or three goals on another night with the chances that she had. I think the, the offside, not offside thing with Alira Toby, I think that that was a massive chance for the Raw. I mean, if, if that had gone in, you don't know if it, the flag might have gone up, it might not have, but the, the first shot was straight at um, the goalkeeper, so it was that was a bit of a missed chance. And then I think the t- chance later on for Tamiki Yallop, that was the big one for the Raw. Lang was in the last five minutes. If that goes in, the Raw might have gone for the typical smash and grab, but both sides had their chances in the game. Yeah, look, uh, Aubrey Bledsoe, she was she was pretty good. Um, like, so she, she's not the running N- NWSL and W League uh Goalkeeper of the year. Is she not in the American squad? Uh, no, but I think it's because they're, 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 it's embarrassing how many good keepers they've got in the US. And like I said Bloodzo's amongst them, but yeah, I don't think she's in the national team set up yet. If, uh, is she going to be replaced by someone named Brady? Maybe, you never know. Bloodzo yeah. replaced by Brady? No? Yeah, yeah, oh. I, yeah, I got it. No, I got it. I just. Yeah. Didn't they we have rules against... The, <laughs> we do. They lost. It's fine. Season? It's lost. It's oh, fine. Okay. I thought it was the way around. His season's over. He can make as many references as oh, he likes. Okay. And just remember, I'm hosting. You're in my house. <laughs> so how is this going to go again? So yeah, Buffalo's yep. the best team in the division. <laughs> you always funny. have to bring a, a gun and a knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, back to the W League. Yeah, so... Yeah. Is it? Four points from six games. I think overall, the Raw have to be pretty happy with that, and it still keeps their final hopes alive. That's it does, but Melbourne Victory keep winning, and that's the concern. I think Victory now back into fourth place after their win over, I think, Newcastle at the week... Adelaide, beg your pardon, at the weekend. So, well, it's a good point for the Raw. They probably do need to win probably all their games from here on out, which is... I think it's Perth Glory away next, then Canberra, and then they finish at Melbourne City, which will be... It could very well come down to that game for both Raw and Victory. Can the Raw get a result in the final day at Melbourne City to cement fourth place or not. The Raw are still in fourth place on goal difference, but the Victory do have a game in hand. So there you go. Alright, so we were talking about the lack of game breakers for the Raw. One of them uh, who will be gone now for the rest of the season, sadly, is Hayley Razo. As we found out while we were recording last week, she's off to Everton. Adam, stop jumping. No, it's a terrific move for Hayley. I mean, it's it's another sign that women's football in the UK is growing as they start to import some of the top players as they do in the men's game. And look, Hayley's had a terrific couple of years, 18 months since her horrific back injury. Had a great season for Portland. Did reasonably well at the World Cup. And as we t- as we talked about last week, she's been the Raw's best player this season in the W League. And it's a it's a great move for her to test herself at a, at another level. And I think I think she'll do really well over there. There's no sugarcoating it though. It really does suck for the Raw. And Adam, I should say, I should clarify. I did say stop jumping because you are an Everton fan, not oh, because no. you are happy to see the back of Haley Russo. Oh look, uh, I guess I tweet out. Look, it's uh, it's bittersweet. Uh, that you know, so as I said last week, I said you know, I'm thrilled for her to be joining Everton, but also as well, I think that it's a big loss for the Raw. Um, and look, and you know, I think that this game on Thursday night that was tailor made for her to probably you know ha- having that bit of spark, having a bit of that you know game behind. That may have been she may have been that game breaker, but you know what? She's off to um, a very very good club in England. And have you got the jersey on order yet? I don't think they do women's cuts in my size. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, either way. Maybe just uh, get him a navy blue ribbon or something. Absolutely. <laughs> there you yes, go. Yeah. When you come back, that's what, we expect, that's what you'll have for you. Definitely. All right. So I do think, actually, with the Raw, they've got now a month to work out how they're going to go about replacing Haley because they, obviously they can go the young route. You've got Leah Davidson filled that role third. So not Indy Page Riley's played up front this season. But I think the Raw, 
might want to look at using the guest player rule here, which they should be able to, because I think guest players count towards the visa slots, and I'm not even sure they've filled them all anyway. So if they can hit the um, the guest player market up now and bring somebody in, they've got three or four weeks before the next game because of the international window with the, the Olympic qualification series. So they can bring somebody in, even if they've been out of season. Say someone on from the NWSL hasn't played since October, you can still bring them in, get them training now, because I assume they'll play a couple of games to keep ticking over. You can almost do a mini pre-season for whoever it is, and then you've got a player for the back end of the season who could be a highly effective replacement for you. Because I think what Haley brings to the side, I don't know that anyone here can necessarily fill that void, and I think that might be a big concern. Definitely. I seem to, think, I seem to see uh, Yuki Nagasato um, tweeting a lot lately. What is she doing? That's a, that would be an excellent replacement. <laughs> Somebody already, know, already knows Yuki the club back. and everything, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so as you mentioned, Scott, so... Uh, Next weekend, the Roar are on a bye, so no game for them there, obviously. I think and the whole I, the whole league is currently on a two-week hiatus, and the bye is after that. Yeah. No, uh, okay. there's a round of fixtures coming up uh, this weekend. You've got Jets, Perth, Adelaide, Western Sydney, and Victory, Canberra. Go, Canberra. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've also got a catch-up game between Newcastle and Adelaide on the 1st of February. And then the league returns on Thursday, the 13th of February, with a Melbourne derby uh, after the Olympic qualification series. Yeah, I was just going to say, just... Uh, just to, I was just looking at the results from the weekend from the um, Women's Super League over there. Hayley Rasso surprised didn't she didn't take part, but I think she only landed on Saturday. Did she even go over yet? Because I think Hayley's now in camp with the Matildas in Sydney, isn't she? So she may not have even gone yet. That's a good point, actually. Uh, maybe she maybe she flew over and come back. But but yeah, look, but he's hoping that she'll actually be in the uh, side come uh, the, the uh, Merseyside Derby on the 10th of February. Cakewalk, that's a small club anyway. In uh, the women, it's the only time that Everton will beat Liverpool, so... Well, there we go. Cakewalk. Yes. All right. Liverpool getting relegated, by the way. Can, that, can we extend that out to some other league? <laughs> yeah, I can't really talk at the moment considering the jersey I'm wearing, so... That's right, they're a far better club. Far better club, those guys from North London, than that other team. Wow, I think that's the first time I've ever heard you say something nice about Arsenal. There's levels to this thing, all right? <laughs> You're above them in the dislike pecking oh, order. Hey, Liverpool actually won a game. They won on the weekend, so no they're comment. out of relegation zone. No comment. Anyway, all right, well, I'm thinking we may as well just keep going with the news instead of taking another break. What do you say? Why not? Let's go. Yep. All right, so uh, last Friday, Scott McDonald and Corey Brown both confirmed their moves. Congratulations. We kind of said all we really need it to It wasn't about really that. a surprise, was it? We knew they were both coming. It was just a matter of when. Yes, definitely. Um, and Russell is off to Everton. The real uh, question is, sorry, is will anybody else join the Roar in this window after that? It's be difficult to see, isn't it? I've got a couple of conspiracy theories that I'm not quite willing to share out loud yet. Okay. Well, correction. I'm willing to share it out loud, just not while I'm being recorded. Oh, well, I guess we'll talk about it in the break. Exactly. All right. Um, and then uh, the Ollie Roos, they're one step closer to fulfilling the first part of their name. They're into the semis of the AFC Under-23 Championships. Did I get that right? Uh, they are into the semis and they play Korea Public on uh, Wednesday night, thir- well, Wednesday local time. It's uh, 11.15 kickoff here in Brisbane, to, uh, 12.15 on Thursday morning for those in the eastern states. I'm very glad that you um, were able to stop me from Ron Burgundying myself. I've yeah. the run sheet chances against Syria. <laughs> oh, look, they, they took their only chance. Uh, yeah, Al Hassan Touray uh, scored the 102nd minute. Uh, a fantastic ball through by Aidan O'Neill, Brisbane Rules Aidan O'Neill, um, to to that. But yeah, Al Hassan Touré uh, 
scoring the goal. And I think the only other highlight in the game was uh, Adam Peacock's commentary on that, and just the absolute theatrics from the Syrian players. It is, it is a blight on Asian football, and I'm. It's sad to see it even at the under twenty three level. That sort of garbage is going on. It really is not good. And I'm glad Adam Peacock laid really, you know. Shade I think that. James is about to lay He's into it as well. Firstly, well. we demand an investigation into this. <laughs> <laughs> Second, Actually, I think they demanded an investigation yeah. at the end of that, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Secondly... Well, Adam Peacock, actually not a half-bad uh, commentator as well, especially doing that, I think, on his own, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Look, that's the one thing, is that he he's actually, you know, obviously commentary normally is, you know, you've got a play-by-play guy and a colour guy. He actually does both. Which is which is very very interesting and you know, it was actually very enjoyable to to listen to them. So I actually like to see more. Solo commentary is harder than it looks. I'm just going to say. Oh, I yeah. imagine is I look forward to hearing his commentary on Wednesday night when I'm covering that game. But I did see the highlights of this. I think that goal from Toure they took it was a really well taken finish yeah. and he's rising to level. Every time he goes from one level to the next level up, he does really well. You think back to the FA Cup when he went from MPL to playing in the A League side, he smashed that. Now he's playing internationally. He's scored a couple of goals this tournament. Looks really good. So he's he looks like the higher he goes up in his in levels, he looks like he just rises to that level all the time, which is which is a terrific trait to have in a young player. I reckon he'd be a smoker to go to um, the Copa America with the senior squad. I think uh, I think yeah, the, you, you're right. Yeah, he every time he goes to a level, he just jumps it. And yeah, and look, I'd be, I'm very excited to see where the end product is of Al Hassan Toure. He's a great. Not prospect. a bad shout out because I think Liberia are still chasing him, even though he's committed to playing for Australia. Until he pulls on a Socceroos shirt, he, he can still change his mind. So it might not be a bad shout to cap him in that tournament. Yeah. Well, if only Arnie could have a talk to the under-23s coach about that. He might very well. It'd be a great conversation. <laughs> okay, thank you. It? You got that I was joking. It would be a great conversation, <laughs> yeah. that, wouldn't it? Yes, definitely. Oh, the mirror geez. talks back to you really well sometimes. Definitely. All right. Well, actually, the, I'll leave the final word to actually a friend of mine uh, who I was speaking to on Sunday and said it, that win was the definition of Arnie Ball. But you know what? A tournament play... That's what you need. Who cares? It's it's all about result. It doesn't matter. No one's going to remember uh, you playing playing great football as long as you get the wins and keep on going in the tournament. That's all that matters. So just ask all hail Arnie Ball. Here's a question off the fly. If you know who's, do you know the other semi-finalists? It will be Saudi Arabia versus United Arab Emirates in the other semi-finals. So, so if we don't beat Korea, four. you still get the chance to beat one of yeah. them in the third place game. Thank you. That's that my double next chance. question. Yeah. So basically, to finish. To qualify for the Olympics, Australia needs to either make the final or win the third place playoff. Yes. In in short, that's yeah, the easy two record. games, win one. So yep. win the next one, and it, then you're just well playing for bragging rights in the final. Oh, it's only a, it's only an international final. It doesn't mean anything then, does it? Nah, that's all good. Get to the Olympics. That's yeah. the important thing. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's actually about it for the news segment, so we'll take a break and uh, come back and talk about the Raw's A-League game against the Central Coast Mariners this Saturday. We'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. It's the third final segment of the Brisbane Football Review today. It's James Scott and Adam here, and if it seems like we're rushing a little bit, it's because we are, because straight after this we're going to be recording our NPL season preview, of which the NPL draw has just been released by Football Queensland. So check that out on our Football Queensland Facebook page. They'll have the links and all the other stuff you need. And some of the clubs, including Olympic, have put together handy little photos of their season draws. So if you're looking for something specific, check those out as well. We're really looking forward to the NPL season, aren't we? It's going to be terrific. It's been great the last couple of years, and 
there's some really enticing fixtures early on in the season. So, and I think it starts in a couple of weeks. So we're very much looking forward to it. It's the only reason why I'm coming back from Europe. No, it's for our things. Oh, thanks. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I yeah. look, I, I am, I'm really looking forward to this NPL season. I think off the back of a great season last season, I think this can go better. I'm going to need that clip of Adam just saying that. That's great bribery material. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but except I'm not cutting it out of the show. I'll clip it up myself if I have to. Definitely. Um, standout, one of the standout fixtures for me, round one. We'll just mention it very quickly. Olympic versus uh, Gold Coast United, Sunday the 9th of February at Goodwin Park. Oh, boy. I think Strikers v Gold Coast Knights on Saturday night could be a really tasty encounter as well. Definitely. All right, well, we'll cover all that in our NPL preview, which will be released in a week or two, I think. Yeah, probably leading up to the season, let's just say that. Yeah, leading up to the season. That's week, it. week and a half before. Yes, that's right. We've got a few uh, club interviews to conduct over the next little while, and once we've got all those together, we'll bring you probably an hour and a half, hour 45 of NPL goodness. That sounds really weird. Anyway, for the time being, let's move on to our final segment and talk about the Raw at Central Coast Mariners, Saturday 4 o'clock at Central Coast Stadium. That's 4 o'clock Brisbane time. Uh, And, yeah, the Raw, four in a row unbeaten now. Is it time to actually start reevaluating our expectations about how we see this team? It very well could be if they can make it five five games unbeaten at the Central Coast Mariners, who the Raw have a great record. They have only lost twice in 15 seasons. But the Mariners have picked up a lot of points at home this year. They've beaten, they've done really well at home. I think they pushed Sydney a long way. They obviously came back against victory in their last home game. They're very good at home under Alan Stadge, and that makes this a bit more of a difficult game than you would think on paper. The best word I've got to describe the Mariners is feisty. They're not going to roll over and just get uh, pummeled like we might have seen in previous years. They're not going to go away. And if you give them an inch, they will take a foot. So they're Matt Simon, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Just embodiment of fear. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like they, they're a side that I think the Raw really have to be on guard about. They beat them 2-0 at Suncorp Stadium on uh, November 30. But even then, the Mariners still had plenty of chances out. I remember Tommy Orr fluffing his lines from yeah. about three feet out. Well, it was also two, uh, two all after extra time in the FFA Cup back in October, September, I think it was. So, again, the Mariners are a much improved proposition. I know they may not make the finals this year. They may still finish in the bottom two, but they're a much better team to watch this year than they have been in years past. They're going in the right direction. Definitely. And the likes of... Well, I'm, he may or may not be involved, Sam Silvera. He's over in LA. Yeah. yeah with time. LAFC. I think that's going to happen. Okay, well, he, he may not be involved, but there are still plenty of watchable parts of that team, including Danny De Silva and Tommy Orr. Yeah, look, uh, and also as well, they'll be looking to bounce back at home. Um, as yeah, Scott said, they've had a great record at home. Their waveform has been pretty dicey. Uh, they, they, were, they were pretty much beaten out of the gate uh, on Sunday against Western United. They were down 3-0 after 20 minutes. So the fact that they only held it to 3-0 uh, was, is probably worth some credit. So, but they would be looking for a bounce back. And yeah, look, I think they'd be looking at their chances against you know, the Raw as well. So this could be a very, very intriguing contest. The young right-backs are Lewis Mills, a terrific young player as well. That's so the they're, they're not only just mm-hmm. those, they're bringing through good young talent as well. Definitely. And I think, yeah, it's two sides that do have a habit of giving up chances. And it may very well come down to which keeper you trust more. And at the moment, it's got to be Jamie Young. Absolutely, it's got to be Jamie Young. This fixture, you're right, tends to bring out a lot of goals and a lot of spectacular goals as well. You think back, two goals last year would have, were in the top two or three in the goal of the year. I think Bochak's overhead goal actually won it. So it's it's a goal, game where there's a lot of goals in it. And I do think, you're right, if, whichever goalkeeper has the best game on, is it Sunday afternoon? Saturday. Saturday, Saturday afternoon could very well end up winning the game. Definitely. I think there's a lot to, I suppose, keep your eye on as this goes forward as well. And... I'm, I'm genuinely curious about how the Roar are going to approach this. So, assuming that they keep that same three central back, two wing backs, and three mids and two strikers set up, 
I'm curious about what changes they're going to make because I do feel like you're going to need to push Bradley Man back into midfield alongside Jair O'Shea and probably Jacob Pepper. But the question is then, do you put uh, Scott McDonald up front or do you maybe go for that young pairing of Muradovic and uh, Dylan Wenzel-Halls? I think the first thing's first thing, Tom Aldridge comes back in the side after suspension. Um, so that that's that's one change. Who drops out? There, do you think that's the, and now it's actually just beaming too. But that's a very very good point. Who actually does drop out? Um, I think it's going to be Daniel Bowles, and that's nothing. Mind you, him. yeah, like I said, I saw the on. I keep on bringing up our post game show uh, from from Saturday. But look, I thought Daniel Bowles um, had probably one of his best games in a long time. So it'd be feel a bit stiff to actually being being uh, left out. Uh, and but Macaulay Gillespie as well. He made the team of the week. He had a, a good performance. So. Yeah, the captain coming back, uh, it will, but I think someone's going to be very, very unlucky. But other than that, I will, give, I will give more colleague Gillespie a lot of credit. He's been a lot more improved the last few games as well, and I think that's part of the reason like why the Roar have been a lot more solid defensively. Yeah, as he's acclimatised, he's got better. I think it might be Daniel Bowles. It also might be Corey Brown, with obviously um, Scott Neville moving back to fullback and Hingard over to the left. That might also be an option. But to answer your original question, who will play up front, it may not be either Wenzel Halls or Muradovic. It could be McDonald and Marty Holloway. I definitely think McDonald will play. I, I, I think McDonald will definitely play. I think that's a, I think that's an almost a lock that he'll start. I don't know how long he'll last, but he'll probably start. And the second starting spot could be it could be could be Marty Holloway. It could be Merzer. I don't think it'll be Dylan. I think it'll be, it'll be one either Merzer or Marty Holloway, depending on how he wants to play. I think the Raw's approach to this game. I think the clues are going to be in the team lineup about how they approach and what their yeah. tactics are going to be. Because if they if they go and as you say with say a Scott McDonald or you know a Marty Hall out front, it may be a case of they are playing not to lose and maybe go for that big surge which we need to go and try and pinch a goal. Which I to me I think is a mistake. But just leaving it all out there as far as you know the options. This does feel like the sort of game that. They want to go on the front foot yeah. from the beginning. You would and try hope so. And, and try and yeah. put the Mariners behind and make them chase the game. Now, we should say, trust the starting 11, not necessarily the formation in which they're announced. Yeah, ignore that. But you, the point you made in the first week, it's a good one. Trying to get a performance we haven't seen all year. I know that we talked about the Mariners earlier. They're really good at home. But coming off that loss badly to Western United, if you get on the front foot here, there may be some residue from that. It might be able to get the early goal. And then you might be able to go on with it and have the sort of performance that you're alluding to, James, we haven't seen this year. So I think that has to be... That would be my mentality going into the game anyway. Put them on the back foot immediately. Definitely. All right, well, we'll see what we can do with that. Uh, we're certainly looking forward to the game kicking off. And it's another ABC game for the Roar as well. So that's, you know, another chance I to feature on Freeway TV. ABC must be loving the Roar at the moment. Well, it's not the Knicks, so I'm guessing they're <laughs> just happy that they've got two Australian clubs. <laughs> I bet they are, actually. You're right. They have they had a lot of Wellington, but even more Brisbane, I think, this year. That's, that's they might hard. be they might be the most frequent team on... on the, I know they say Wellington could told the whole joke of the New Zealand team on the national broadcast every week, but Brisbane's had a lot of games on the ABC. And I will say again, I think I've mentioned this every time uh, in this about this time slot as well. Yeah, It's a byproduct of the draw and bringing in the broadcaster after the draw has been announced as well. They already made a few changes to try and accommodate that, including that uh, Melbourne City game being moved forward. Speaking of the draws, I am surprised though. You think the um, the Big Blue is on Friday night? You would have thought you'd have that on Saturday night. It's a long weekend. People can travel. I know exactly why they've done it's, that. I don't know, it's Asian Champions League Champions qualifier League. for Melbourne Victory. Oh, of course. They're of playing course. Bali United, I think. Bali, that's Wednesday night, I think, isn't it? Technically that yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, it might be, must be Tuesday. Hang on. That's Tuesday. Yeah. Because they need, they need three days break. Ray, he'll know. <laughs> yes, he will know. Yes, exactly. All right, so let's get back to the Raw Mariners game. More no. important issues. Exactly. Mm. Uh, Adam, 
What yes. are we going to see on Saturday afternoon? Well, I'm not going to see the game, so I don't know. Okay, what are Scott and I going to see on Saturday <laughs> afternoon? <laughs> look, I think Royal win. I think Royal win. They'll win comfortably. And look, you know, I actually think you might actually get the performance more than just the result. I think uh, it's a very, very good opportunity. Um, and and yeah, I think yeah, I think Royal will win. I think they'll win comfortably. I'll go 2-0 again. Scott, what are we going to be talking about this, well, this time in eight days? Well, they don't have Wi-Fi over in the undisclosed location you're heading to? Lunchtime. I'll be lunchtime in Venice. You think I'm? You think the missus is gonna let me? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, geez, that's exactly what we expect. Oh. We don't have to deal with it, so that's fine. What we're we gonna see? We're we'll talking about this time next week. Well, this time in eight days. On hopefully, the hopefully, we're talking about the Raw putting on the big performance that we want to see, and then they're still unbeaten this decade. I think. I think they'll win this game. I'm expecting them to win too, and that's why I am absolutely petrified of what's going to happen because. It's been a, quite a while since I've felt very confident in a raw performance, so we're just going to have to wait and see how that unfolds. What do you say? We'll see it. I don't know if Adam will see it, but we'll be talking about it anyway. Me. Definitely. All right, well, I think that's going to be... You can Skype in for next week to talk about it. I could. You could. We might actually ask you for a voice clip. We'll have to wait and see. See, see where I am. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Scott. Good to see you again, James. Ha- Thank you, have Adam. Fun have a very Adam. good holiday yep, as well. I will. Um, I will be listening, so, not too so much there, is, there is Wi-Fi in Europe, believe it or not, so I, I will be uh, listening in. So I'll And be they have the internet on computers now. Oh, so there's Wi-Fi, yeah. so Adam will be watching the game on Saturday and he'll be sending through a voice clip about what he sees. Oh, yeah, I could probably arrange something. <laughs> no, no, go, go, the mini, go the mini clip, but yeah, no, no, um, yeah, let's uh, hopefully Raw are going well, you know, we want to get back, you know, but yeah, no, I mean, good. Definitely. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, get out and enjoy the football this weekend, wherever it is. There's a few preseason tournaments for NPL going on, weather permitting, I should say, as we look out at some dark clouds. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back to talk about the Raw next week. Talk to you then.